Welcome to What Is It About the Weather podcast. We explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek. This week, well, you know, we did pink weather and we did blue weather. Thought we'd do green or maybe red weather. But we'll get to that in a bit. Hope your weather week's been going well. Mine has finally, I don't know, felt like winter. Now, as I mentioned, we had a big snowstorm that came through early on, and actually we're supposed to get one the next couple of days. We're not supposed to get as much snow as actually some areas south of us, interestingly enough. But the prelude to that was the first day I was kind of outside, and it was cold. It wasn't, you know, harshly cold in that sense. It's like 25 degrees, maybe negative 4, negative 5 Celsius, something like that. But man, was it windy, and whew, I wasn't out there very long, but I can tell you it was one of those winds that was enough to kind of blow you across the parking lot, so I was thankful I didn't have to be out and about too much today, but it's always with me. I like a little cold weather, so I enjoyed it. The good thing also with chilly weather is I get to play, I, I've been playing this game. Now, those of you who know me, and I've mentioned before, I, I kind of like video games. I'm not into it as much as some people are, but, you know, I've had my, I had an Atari 2600 and a N64 and a Xbox 360, and most recently I got a Nintendo Switch, so I've kind of run the gamut on different things. I never own a PlayStation. Don't know why that is. In any case, there's a game called Cuphead, and it's been out for a few years, and I hadn't gotten it, but it's this kind of neat retro game. It's set in almost a decade ago in the 30s, so kind of depression era, but when animation really got started. So it's very in that style. It's in the style of early kind of Mickey Mouse, uh, those sort of things, and it's a really neat game, but it's one of those insanely hard games. But there's a level that I haven't gotten to yet, but it's coming up that's got weather in it, so I'll be interested to see. It's got the thing that kills you is lightning, of course. And, well, you know, that's not a good thing, but I'll I'll be interested to see how it plays out because I was listening to... uh, podcast about the design of the game and they were talking about the complexities of making lightning work so I'll, I'll report back to you on that but any of you cuphead people out there let me know uh, let me know if you liked it what you didn't like and if you made it through it or if you just gave up because it is pretty tricky the other thing that happened this week was i woke up one morning and kind of started flipping through instagram and i noticed somebody that lived near a family member of mine was talking about being up all night with tornado warnings here we are in january so I was a little surprised by that. So I checked in with a family member and they seemed everything was good. But it was a reminder of me that severe weather can happen anytime. You know, this time of year, most of us are thinking winter weather if we're in the northern hemisphere is the risk, but it can be anything. So make sure that you're set up to get the proper alerts if they happen. I saw a post, man, somebody posted a picture of a, I want to say it was a tree branch or something from a tornado. There was a confirmed tornado, not where my relative was, but uh, next state over and within, let's say a hundred miles, 120 miles. And it shot this again, looked like a branch through the master bedroom where they and their newborn were sleeping and they had gotten out in time, thankfully, but they got out in time because they had alerts to get tornado warnings when they came through. So just be prepared folks. All right, let's get to the main story. Now, this is the last week of January 2021. 2020 was crazy. 2021 starting off a little crazy. But one thing that's happened over the past week or so has been something very interesting in the stock market here in the U.S. 
I'm not going to get into all the details, but just know that small-time investors have been playing it out against big institutional investors, and for a change, the small investors seem to be winning, and these big institutional investors have lost billions of dollars. And keep in mind, in the stock market, it's always kind of a zero-sub game. Somebody wins, somebody loses, right? And particularly with the type of trading this is, and Again, the technicalities of what it is. I saw an interesting podcast on. T- you know what? I'll try to put a link to. It was like a YouTube podcast. I'll try to find that and put it in the notes because I thought the guy summarized very well what exactly went down and gave a good analogy of uh, gorillas and bananas and snakes and this whole kind of <laughs> chicken and egg sort of thing. But it talks about how the process works and what really went down. But given that was going on, I thought, well, you know, maybe right now people are thinking, hey. Weather, well, maybe they're not. How could I invest in weather? Now, about a half a year ago, we did a thing on markets. In that case, though, I was talking very much about how weather influences the markets, right? Not the, so much the direct. I alluded to it a little bit, but we're going to get more into the direct today because it's, again, it's kind of a relevant thing right now, but it, this can play out at any time. So whether you're listening to it in a timely manner in around January, into January 2021, doesn't matter. You can listen to it a year down the road or you can go back in time and listen to it in the past. Same sort of things are going to apply, generally speaking, because a lot of this stuff is similar, although there are some new things going on, changes in both directions, and, and we'll get to that. But the reason I was talking about green weather and red weather, well, when you're making money, it's green, of course, and when you're not, eh, it's red weather. So let's talk about it a little bit. Talked about the markets, like I said, about a half a year ago. I'll put a link in the show notes to that episode so you can go back and listen to it. And I've talked in other shows about how weather can influence our behavior. And some of the studies that were involved had to do with stock markets, right? So it's not just about how weather influences products within the market itself or sectors within the market itself but also how it influences the people who are making trades. And that could be you as an individual, or it could be the institutional traders, the ones making those sort of decisions. But let's talk about it more directly. Let's talk about you. Let's say you woke up today and you said, hey, what I really want to do today, what I'd really like to have some fun with, is I'd like to figure out a way to make some money with weather. All right. Now, maybe you never thought about that. So this will give you an opportunity to do it if you haven't. But as always, we try to take different things and put it in perspective. Because, you know, if you tried your hat at some of these stocks this week, uh, it was a roller coaster ride for a lot of people. And maybe you're looking for something a little less stressful. I don't know. But I want to start with fundamentally what we're talking about. And before I say anything here, I'm going to put a disclaimer out here. I, I want everybody to understand I'm talking about things in just informational purposes only. I'm trying to give you some things I've seen out there, hopefully provide some insight and and ideas to think about, but in no way, shape, or form am I saying to do any investing in weather-related things or gambling, because I am going to talk about that. I just want to share the ideas with you, let you know what's out there. But I'll also tell you the things that I have done and haven't done, just so you're aware. Now, first of all, we are going to talk about gambling, because in my humble opinion... 
All right. A lot of this stuff, that's what you're doing. Anytime you're, particularly with less knowledge, if you're going in a situation and say, hey, I'd just like to do it because this sounds neat, that's usually a bad idea. And I, so I put it up there with gambling. When you invest on an individual stock and you think you know something or you think it's going to do something, you're taking a gamble, right? And that's why they generally don't recommend doing it unless you've done the research. But maybe you just want to think about it like going to Vegas. And there are some options, and there are more than others. Back when I was in grad school, so back in you know 2005, 2006, when we were having all these hurricanes going on, there was a study done about how landfall behavior makes people behave. And there was this, this whole thing, I think it was done, if I remember correctly, out at the University of Iowa or something, somebody had gotten some grant money, and there was little small prizes, and you did these kind of estimations of where thing, hurricanes were going to make landfall, that sort of thing. And it was a neat little project that got me started thinking about that. But as I've also mentioned in the past, something without money attached to it was the weather competition that's done at a collegiate level and ultimately added alumni. And, and I had a lot of success at that over the years, right? Never won the overall competition, but won my category a couple years in a row. Won a lot of individual stations, you know, particularly at my category level, whatever it was, grad student or faculty or alumni at the time. But the idea there is you're just competing with people. There was no money. Now, I took that to a next stage with some friends internally, and we did something that was a little bit like fantasy football or fantasy weather, if you will. Small pool. Had some fun. Uh, I did win that. But I also was in a position where I was kind of running the thing, which meant I was spending a lot of time around it already. And it makes it a little easier if you've got the time. And I know that. But there's some products that popped up in the marketplace in the past couple of years. I've seen one called Weather Battle. There are a couple others I've run across. The whole idea is that you go out and you, you know, compete with others on a daily basis in, in these battles. And some of them have been more about that. Some of them have been more like creating a little fantasy weather team, if you will. You get the city this day and do things. Now, all of those, I will say, including Weather Battle, while it still looks like it exists, the App Store... Uh, on on iPhone, if that's what you use, none of them have had recent reviews, and even some of the links to like their Twitter or Instagram feed stuff, some of them are in you know the feeds are inactive or there hasn't been a post in a long time or Facebook. And looking at them, they are all still out there. I'm not going to put links into them just because I don't think it's a wise thing to get too involved in these if you don't know about them. Feel free to sign up, take a look. If you want to have some fun with it, just know that they're out there and you can do it. One of the challenges that you find, though, is whenever you Google something about weather and markets or weather and competition, that sort of thing, you get a lot of things about weathering <laughs> different cycles. So it, it you have to dig through it sometimes. But if you're really interested, let me know and I can probably dig up the links and send them to you. But those competitions, the idea is pretty simple. You're, you're gambling. You're going out having some fun you know, competing with, with friends. And that's when it becomes a little bit more like fantasy sports. But this past year, right, there was a sports betting, like a uh, sports book is what they call it, uh, gambling uh, site that's based in Canada. I, you have to sign up to see what it is, but they were truly allowing people to bet on, at a minimum, on temperatures in cities. Like it, it, They do it called an over-under, and you see this again a lot with sports, is let's say the high is supposed to be, I don't know, whatever it is, 25 Celsius, which is about 77 Fahrenheit. You put your bet in, and you say over or under, and you know if you win, you get something. Again, it's no different than betting on 
on a sports game where you do the same thing. Like the combined score of the two teams is going to be this, and you either say it's going to be higher or lower. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Hopefully you have some fun in the meantime. If it's something you're monitoring and watching already, I could see the interest in doing that. Aside from that, I look at it and go, betting on temperatures, wow, that sounds about as boring as it can get. So I'm not sure how much fun that would be. At least with the other ones, you're competing against somebody. And so, I don't know, it sounded a little more like, you know, you could have that little competitive fun with some friends and that sort of thing. So that's great, but, you know, how about... (laughs) Maybe something that's a little more of investing. Maybe it's something that you are willing to put some thought into. Is there an avenue to do that? Well, there's a couple of things. And the first thing might be, let's let's back away from the extreme of gambling. Let's back away from some of the financial stuff this week and say, hey, I want to I look at something more long-term. I want to look at how I'm invested in something related to weather. Now, when it comes to companies, like if you wanted to buy an individual stock, it's a little trickier because to my knowledge, and I, and I might be wrong on this, to my knowledge, the only publicly traded company that really plays in the weather space, I mean, that really plays in what I would call weather forecasting would be a company like IBM. And the only reason they're in it is they bought somebody who did it. Now, the flip side of that is you could look at some of the people that are in satellites Right. Particularly, that would be the area I would tell you to to look at some of these CubeSat companies. Or you could also look at companies that build the larger weather satellites or the instrumentation. And there are some of those that are publicly traded. But again, that's more of a, I don't know, a physical product. The the idea of weather, like I said, the only one I know of is, is IBM. There might be others out there. But as an example, I do own an ETF. All right, which is a lot like a mutual fund for those that aren't familiar, but it just it's one that you can trade a little differently, but it's called I'm not going to give you the name, but just know it holds some of these satellite things and that's exactly why I bought it because it's something that was familiar to me and I thought would be cool to own. Now, it holds some other stuff because it's related to satellites and that's not just about weather. But it was a topic that was kind of near and dear to me and I looked at it and I said, "Oh, that would be neat to own." But a lot of them, a lot of them, not surprisingly, are related to climate. Because when you start thinking of longer term investments, you're thinking about things like climate and stuff on longer time scales. So they're in that space. Again, I own one in that space, more focused on the idea of clean energy, right? So things like battery systems or solar power or wind energy or those sort of things. So I'm a li- it's a little more of a play on something that I think is relevant for our time, not so much on climate change itself. But if you go and do a search, you can go in, again, you got to kind of tweak the Google, but you can go in and do an examination and find, I don't know, 10, 15 ETFs that have kind of that connection. The one I bought, I don't think of it as being so much a climate related thing. I think of it as being technology that I know is of our time and something that I think is interesting. Now, what about somewhere between those two? Some maybe that has a little risk, right? But at the same time, it's a little more tangible, maybe something that feels a little more like you're investing in weather. And and again, it's a little trickier, but there are things, okay, that kind of fall in the middle. And it's really about doing something that's called weather derivatives or weather futures or weather options. Now, this does kind of play into some of the things that came in this week. So you, you need to, if you're into options or community or commodity, excuse me, or weather derivatives as they're called, you need to kind of know your stuff and think about what you're getting into. Now, 
when I first started looking at these things, and I did 15 years ago when I was in grad school, and for a while after that, there seemed to be more options. Now, I'm going to put a link. This is the only link I'm going to put about weather stuff specifically because this is about a commodity exchange that is on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, and it's been there for a long time. But when I first started looking at it, they traded a lot more, right? Now, these sort of things generally, all right, so there's two ways because really they're used for protecting yourself from a risk perspective or hedging yourself to limit your exposure, if you will. And there's two types of things that you might deal with when you're doing that. One is a low probability but high risk scenario, right? Like a hurricane or severe weather like a tornado or things like that. In a lot of cases, that's what people do on the insurance side, all right? Because it's a little harder to hedge that in the general marketplace. But when you're working with weather derivatives, you're doing a lot of times what people call high probability but low risk. And I'll give you an example. So if it's a little warm this year, in the places that make corn, a little too much heat or it's a little too dry and the crop production is not going to be as good. Well, someone who's in that space and is growing things may, may have bought a future that protected them if it was too high, right? So, so they're making sure that if the crop's going to turn out bad, it's not as bad as it could have been. Now, the flip side of that is if it's a bumper year, they're giving up some of that money, and that is kind of like owning an insurance policy, right? They're they're paying for protecting a worst-case scenario, or in this case, a mildly bad scenario. But they're giving up maybe some of their profit margin if, that for some reason, they didn't need it, okay? So that's that's the challenge. But the long and the short of it is it used to be a lot more locations, and they used to trade on things like weather that included things like snow and rain and hurricanes. They don't do that as much anymore, and I don't fully know why, maybe because there just wasn't the interest in it. Because for each one of these things you do, you have to have a side A and side B. Because the market maker, the person who's selling these things, really wants people on both sides of the equation. It's kind of like someone who's allowing you to bet. They're assuming so many people are going to bet for a high or a low, right? And they adjust those numbers accordingly. But when you've got something like weather, it's a little trickier because there might be some fixed number to work around. Whereas, you know, if your basketball game is coming, the bookies are going to change their over-under number if they're getting too many bets on too high or too low. And they probably do the same thing with the weather stuff as well. They just adjust the number a little bit one way or the other. But for the most part, what was happening is that I'm seeing in this exchange now is there's a limited number of cities. There's some in Europe in the U.S. and I think still in Canada, and they do some, you know, you're looking like monthly averages over the course of the winter, as an example. Sounds a little more mundane to me, but it is. It's it's more of a protection thing, right? So maybe you're in a business, and I can give you an example where you might want to do it. You're in an area where uh, there's a lot of things related to winter weather, like maybe a ski resort town or somewhere where they have to plow or, or deal with road salt or make those sort of purchases. And you want to hedge yourself against whether it's a very active winter from a snowstorm standpoint versus a mild winter. And yeah, you can't any longer do that based on the snow situation. But what you might be able to do is do it based on the temperatures themselves. And and so that's why I think they probably narrowed these things in, founding some duplication, if you will, in some of this stuff. And that's the process that they're going through. So 
that's a way to look at it directly. The other thing I would tell you is there are ETFs or there are commodities in those same that Chicago Mercantile Exchange of things that are directly related to weather. Now, some commodities obviously aren't. Like when you look at a commodity like gold, okay, it's not going to be specifically related to weather. Some of them are when you look at trading certain commodities or they touch on it and Energy is a sector, when you, whether you look at oil prices or natural gas prices, that at times have a very high weather component to them. At other times, they don't. And unless you're actively in those fields, you're not going to know right when those times come and go. So those are a little harder to play in. If you're really interested in it, you might consider looking at an ETF to have a little bigger bucket or a commodity that you know is weather-focused, like an agricultural product, right? But again, it's best to know a little bit about these things, right? So the options are out there for you, right? However, the more I look at this stuff and the more I investigate it, the more I've seen some people interested in doing it, but it was like these new weather battle coming, you know, it was a big thing. It was trying new ventures and all that stuff. They were in a, some sort of venture lab. They got some seed capital or whatever it is. And then it went away. Now, this wasn't just a weather stuff, but I haven't seen the uptake. So maybe it is just us weather nerds or weather weenies, which you may or may not be, that find an interest in these things. But if you like having a weather component, these are some things that you can think about and maybe consider. And like I said, there are ETS when you ponder them or their mutual funds or whatever it is that are specifically de designed around topics that may be highly weather correlated, even if they're not directly weather related. And don't hesitate. You can reach out to me individually and I'll be glad to talk to you about some names I came across. I'm not going to advise you on them. I'll, I'll send you the links or whatever that I found when I was doing some investigation myself for relevant topics, because I'm not going to advise you financially, but I think it's always great when we can find new opportunities and new ways to expose ourselves to how we plan for the future and how we do it with areas that interest us. And, and it always makes it more interesting for me. I, I always find, you know, stock tickers and things that are kind of volatile during the day. Interesting. I mean, it, it kind of piques my mind. And it's the same thing with like changing weather, right? It's something that can keep me really actively involved. And so when those two things can kind of overlap, it's a neat thing. Hopefully it can be for you too. And I hope you've, <laughs> again, it, that you weren't uh, negatively impacted by the things of this week, but maybe saw some things that like, eh, maybe it's time to be thinking about those things again, or I haven't thought about it in a while. And with everything that's going on the last year and a half, we're all looking for different ways to ponder things or things to be actively involved with. And this is something that you might want to look at. I don't know. Hope you do. Now, when I first brought it up, I brought that I was going to have some cold weather, hoping for some, some snow early part next week. But I came across something just kind of in passing this week that I thought I'd share with you. Now, any of you who ever watched the Weather Channel over the years probably know who Jim Cantore is, and he's well known for something of chasing thunder snow, right? And thunder snow was nothing more than a snowstorm with lightning, right? Or thunder, right? Because a lot of times you don't necessarily see the lightning or you may not be aware of it. And it's a pretty rare thing. But there was a research article at the AMS conference I was at, and I don't know if it was a talk or a poster because I came 
upon it outside of that. I'm going to have to go back and watch it, and I will, and so I'll let I'll I'll report in a future episode about it. But it talked about thundersnow, and even as the article was written up, there's it doesn't happen that often, and there's not a light a lot of lightning to concern. Say from a safety standpoint, necessarily it doesn't mean you couldn't get struck by lightning in a snowstorm. Could, but the odds are pretty low that it would happen. But the idea of the research was that the cloud top. So we're learning with the newer satellite technologies that we do have a lot about seeing lightning in these storms, but what the cloud structure above might look like during these events. And apparently they do portray themselves differently. That said, it tells us a lot about the volatility of the storm and might provide some insight into how much snow can be expected when these events take place. So it could be a way to maybe narrow down the strongest areas of a particular winter storm. I don't know. Something I thought was interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I talked about markets. We've we've all had a long week, well, a lot of long weeks, but if it's something, like I said, that you're interested in talking with me more about, don't hesitate to reach out. What is about the weather at gmail.com? What is about the weather on Twitter? You can hit me individually, Mark underscore Jelonic on Twitter as well. But I hope you have a nice start to your February, right? We're almost there. Another month gone. It's been kind of a busy, crazy month for me, but in a good way. In a good way. been doing some analysis that ugh, can make my eyes roll at certain times. You know, it's one of those things where there's there's certain work we do that requires high precision or, you know, trying to see things with our eyes that, I don't know, my eyes have been uh, strained this month. So I'm looking forward to some, some snow blindness, maybe, if it comes around next week. But like anything... And this week was a perfect example. It gave me an opportunity to look at something that I hadn't in any way, shape, or form thought about with a weather connection. But then I thought to myself, wow, you know, if I want it to be there, it really is. And it was yet again another reminder that there's much more to weather than the weather itself.